What's going on, beautiful people? This is Mr. No Excuses and my man, Jay. What's going on? What's going on? With another episode of the Hidden Truths Podcast, where we provide therapy through conversation, restoring trust and community advocacy, one conversation at a time. What are those skeletons you've been hiding in your closet? What are those uncomfortable conversations that you need to have that may be holding you back from your progress? The more we talk about it, the more we communicate openly and honestly about it, the more we can start trusting each other. The more we start trusting each other, the more we can start building and growing with each other. So that's what we're here to talk about with the Hidden Truths Podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe. We're available on all social media platforms and all listening platforms. Hidden Truths Podcast. So for this week's Community Spotlight, we're shouting out Lennox Wings on IG, L-E-N-N-O-X underscore Wings. This is actually a brother I met on an Uber ride. He drives for Uber. So he came and picked me up one evening, told me that he had a wing business. I was like, all right, I'll make sure and check you out. I think it was last weekend, had him come through and bring some wings. And he actually delivers the wings, too. He delivers it. So it was 10 wings, um, two Hawaiian rolls, and corn on the cob for like $13, $14. And when I tell you the wings was blazing, the wings was blazing. Mm. So don't even fool with Buffalo Wild Wings, mm. Wild Wing Cafe no more. Holler at this brother, Lennox Wings. He's on IG again, Lennox underscore wings. Get the ox rubbed rings because he does them on the grill. Mm. And he puts some kind of blazing rub on them. I took a picture of them. I'll send them to y'all once we... Uh, oh, I seen them. Oh, you did see him? Yeah. Oh, it looked good, bro. Yeah, I yeah. need to see this. I love a good wing. Me too. Mm. So y'all check him out. That's Lennox Wings on IG and tell him Hidden Truth sent you. All right. So that's our community spotlight for the week. So Jay, what's the good word for the day, my brother? Well, 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 as usual, we coming with these blazing topics along with them blazing wings. We got to get some wings in the studio one day. <laughs> yeah, we got to do that. <laughs> be I'm, I'm going to have yeah. bring some wings next time. <laughs> I <we do>. like <laughs> that. <laughs> I better be on the board that day. We'll mm. let you know. Thank you. So today we're talking about moving on. Mm, that's interesting, boy. One of them hard topics. Huh. Moving on. Relationships, whatever it is in life you're trying to move on from. We, we're going to talk about this today. And again, as always, we have the beautiful Darnita in here today. Oh, thank you so much Hello. for that intro, Hello. Jamie. Hello. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. <laughs> so, E, what, what, with your definition of moving on, what would you say um, with our topic today? What do you think the definition of the question moving on is? Moving on means being able to let go, not necessarily forget, mm-hmm. but move on and let go of things that maybe have held you back in the past. So mm. give you a prime example for me. One of the things that I had trouble letting go of for a long time was my father leaving when I was at the age of 14. Mm. So make a long story short without getting too deep into it. At the age of 14, my father stepped out on me and my mom's. He ended up moving uh, further up north and I lived up there for a while before he finally came back after a couple of years. So... From the age of 14 when he left until probably about a year ago, I was still holding that grudge in my heart unknowingly. Mm. At the age of probably, and I'm 33 now, when I was about 22, 23, I had a conversation with my dad, open dialogue, and 
I thought I had got it off my chest. But it wasn't up until last year when, and I talk about this a lot because it was a revelation for me, but when I had my first therapy session with Darnita and she asked, I think you just asked me to start Mm -hmm. talking about myself or, you know, just giving you an idea of who I am. And I started talking about my dad. And as soon as I said to Darnita, the main thing that hurt me about my dad leaving was that he never said bye. Mm -hmm. I just started bawling in tears. That's real. And up until that point, I couldn't tell you the last time I had cried. So for me to actually be in a therapy session with somebody that I didn't have a relationship with, meaning Darnita, you know, we had just met through a mutual friend. And that's how we started our therapy session. So for me to open up like that in front of somebody that I didn't know that well about something that was so deep, that's when I knew, okay, I haven't let this go like I thought I did. But after that session, it was like rinsing my spirit out because I was able to have more of an open dialogue with my father about how I truly felt when he left, how I truly felt during the time he was gone and when he came back. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I remember Darnita saying to me while I'm talking like you're not here. <laughs> I mean, but go ahead and say it. Just go ahead and say it. This is from your standpoint and point of view. So go ahead and say it. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Uh, so one thing that um, I remember you saying to me was that I have to humanize him. Mm-hmm. Meaning that I shouldn't necessarily put him on a pedestal of my expectations. I have to learn to look at things through his lens and understand some of the things that may have contributed to why he loved. And just looking at it from more of a logical standpoint and kind of trying to take some of the emotions out of, out of the situation and looking at it through his set of eyes. And once I did that, me and him, again, we had a very open heart-to-heart conversation about it. And really now at this point, I can look on look back on that situation with no hard feelings, no animosity towards my dad. I actually called my dad, uh, I think it was maybe about a year ago, maybe maybe a little under that. I know it was shortly after we had our sessions, mm-hmm. Darnita. Mm-hmm. And I called him and I just told him, I forgive you. I remember that day. Yeah. Because you actually came in, you were like, before you could even sit full down on the couch, you were like, I forgave him. I was like, <laughs> excuse me? Yeah. And once I did that, it was a weight literally lifted off my shoulders. So when I say moving on, that's what I'm talking about. Being able to truly let go of those things that you may not even know that you're holding on to. And then when you look back, you realize, well, if I would have done this a couple years ago, you know, how much more progress I would have made because of that. So by holding on to those things, it actually inhibits you from moving forward. So that's what I mean there. See, this is why I, I sometimes regret letting you go first because you get so deep. <laughs> like, How do you follow up? Yeah, like I'm sitting here thinking about my moving on. I'm like, okay, well, I'm moving on from being late to stuff now. So <laughs> I'm so we just, we're just talking about it. Like, man, this year I'm doing better, and I'm like, Dang, he gonna come with that? Yeah, let me go back in the drone. Yeah, let me shoot. <laughs> well, you know, forget that. I'm still bringing my. Yeah, you know it's, what? It's on you. You know what? Whatever I, you can move. I on have from. moved on from trying to be. Well, not even trying to be. Just man, it's tough, man. Being on time for stuff. Sometimes it's, I feel like it was in my DNA. I was just late for everything. <laughs> shoot, trying to make it. It's like, man. So lately, 
uh, like I said, I was talking to eat. I don't know, maybe some different things in my life changed to where I was like, man, I gotta, you know, put more into being on time for things. So you know, so that's one of my things. Sorry, it's not as lengthy as yours. Well, let's let's. But it's okay though. It's okay. We can go into a little bit more detail. So let's talk about why you used to be so late and then what things may have changed to contribute to your punctuality now, sir. Well, we're going to get into it then. First off, <laughs> hey, I have no clue why I was always <laughs> late. Wish I could tell you. I don't know if it was just a good TV show on or I don't know what it was, you know. Or I just couldn't pick the right traffic patterns to go to. <laughs> well, they got TiVo and GPS. So. That's true. That's true. Any, 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 any words done here, mate? Why? You already told me before we started uh, taping, don't psychobabble you. Well, that was just, with our, you know, outside. Of it. But right now, like, you know, go ahead and hit me with the psychobabble. I, I, I don't it. know. I I mean, okay, I always take it back to childhood. Mm. My mama was always late. Uh She still is to this day. Uh (laughs) So uh, could that actually be a reason? I mean, it could be a learned behavior. I mean, that's all you saw. Mm. But at the same time, did you ever feel like you were a priority? Man, that got real deep. Yeah. Mm. Go ahead and think on that, Jay. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Why have I never sat on your couch? Mm. I don't know, Jamie. Mm, sounds like you might need to. I might be a little scared. <laughs> Who? Yeah, because yeah. I can see red coming up in there. Yeah, you exactly. like, why are you looking like yeah. you just, you know, you're choking yourself. Jeez. Scared well, a bone I mean, going to fall out of that okay. closet. I, I do have an answer to the second one. I, I think you made a good point that I never thought about. Like, because of the things I'm doing now, you know, trying to be a serial entrepreneur and stuff, it doesn't help to be late. And you kind of know in your mind that. Being late does not help your progress into doing your goal. So yeah, that's that could be a big reason. I'm not saying it's the only reason, but it could be a big reason. And the other fact that the fellas, my brothers, have said plenty of times, "Hey, you come on, bro, really mm-hmm. late again?" So I've been doing pretty good. E can vouch for me now. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Like I was telling Darnita before we started recording today, probably the past several months, past few months. You've been on time for everything. Great, man. Trying to push it, man. But one of the reasons is, though, when you're starting your own business endeavors, you realize the importance of punctuality Mm. because when Mm. somebody's late for something that they owe you, then it it puts it in perspective. Mm -hmm. This is why it's important to be on time. That's true. That's true. Moving on from my 20s was tough. I'm still wishing I was back in my 20s. <laughs> so you haven't moved on for that. Man, still... I, man, look here, bro. I'm telling you, I've been trying to hoop like I was 20 and my knees just don't let me no more. <laughs> in your <laughs> mind. In my mind. It's like, man. So moving on from my 20s. I know y'all like this dude tripping, but hey, I'm for real. 20s was, was great. And I like, man, 36 is who? Boy, just saying it sometimes brings me back down. Yeah, because you'll be 37 this year, right? Come on, E. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) So you're pretty much rounding up to 37. That's what I'm saying. Round up to 40. Yeah. yeah. But I hear 40 is lovely, though. I hear, you know, 40 is lovely. It depends on who you are and how well you take care of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Any age can be lovely. It can be a great thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen some run down 20 year olds. Mm. Mm, That was deep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's all about how you take care of yourself as far as what age treats you or how age treats you. Yes. I always like to refer to Angela Bassett because that's whew. role mm. model. How are you referring to her? E? Goals. Okay. <laughs> I refer to her as Miss Bassett. <laughs> <laughs> all right now. Yes. Uh, but goals, 
uh, when you talk about taking care of yourself and all that, I'm not going to get too deep into that. But no, no, Angela Bassett is, what, 60 years old? Mm-hmm. Uh, close to it? or yeah, at she least is 60. She is 60. Yeah. And when you look at it, you would never know. No. Because she takes care of herself. Yeah. So and I have looked at her. Yeah. We all have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, going back to what you say, Jay, saying, Jay, um, moving on for your 20s, looking forward to 40. It's not really the age, it's the mentality, and it's how you take care of yourself. Yeah, you know, I've been back in that gym, man, trying to get it in, so. True indeed. You know. But anyway, back on topic. Yeah. So, Miss Darnita. Yes, sir. Question for you. Sure. As a therapist, mm-hmm. what are some of the main issues people have problems letting go of? The past. And dealing. And when I say the past, it's like a lot of things dealing with it um and this desire to change it that's the biggest thing Mm -hmm. because so many people want a time machine to go back and say oh if i could just do this one second over my life would be different you can't there is no such thing as time travel you can't take it back the thing is you have to learn how to accept what the lesson was and then move forward from it Mm -hmm. and how you can still do great things in spite of it reminds me of, and we talked about this on a previous podcast, that movie, The Butterfly Effect, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where Ashton Kutcher tries to go back repeatedly in time to change this one bad decision. Yeah. But then when he comes back to the present day, he realized he's worse off now than he was if with he the had. original decision that he made. Yes. So, again, going back to what you were saying, you have to be careful with saying, or we have to be careful when we say, I wish I could change this. I wish I could change that. Because yeah. if we did, we wouldn't be where we are today. We don't know where we would be. No, you know, we, we don't. Yeah, it, it might work out more favorably. It might not. Because here in lines, we always doomsday scenario. Like when we mm-hmm. start building a story in our mind, we always go back and we say, oh, well, you know, we start running the gamut of everything and how usually everything will blow up in our face and be the worst thing. But for some reason, we have this tendency when we think back to either one moment or it could be multiple moments where we really feel like we messed up in our past. And, oh, if this if I hadn't done this, then my life would be like such and such. such. That's the only time we really start to give ourselves that moment to really like fantasize in a good way of how everything would be. So, of course, that gives us more grief and regret because we we are thinking that in the moment we would have done something different. And if I could, I would go back and change it. But just as you said, Ernest, it could really blow up in our face and you wouldn't even, sometimes you wouldn't know the same people. Your life could have ended. You know, a lot of different things could have happened. But the thing is, we have to start to make peace with our story, whatever that looks like. So are there some specific things that you've noticed in your practice that people have problems letting go of? Meaning, what do you see more of it in terms of relationships with significant others do you see it in terms of family situations what do you have any specifics yes attachment injuries so let's and talk that's about what we talked about yeah. um, before so with an attachment injury as we talked about you know there's two broad terms secure and insecure attachment secure attachment means that you know basically your childhood was safe stable um, your caregivers were dependable you could trust them they taught you lessons where the world is generally a good place um, and that people aren't out to hurt you there are people in the world who may hurt you but you don't paint everyone with that same broad stroke or brush the insecure attachment says no I only got myself I'm the only person I can depend on um, because everybody disappoints me and I can't trust anyone so basically it comes from a place of well I've never been a, a priority and I don't matter so I'm 
constantly like fighting and struggling to get my foot in, prove a point, different things like that. And it's really come from a very broken place. And generally, if one person um, makes a mistake, then it's everybody who makes that same mistake. See, this is why I told you. That's why I don't trust people, because people do such and such instead of Darnita did this or Jamie did that. Um, And so it comes from a place of deep pain and hurt. When you're dealing with that, most relationships that they come across, whether it's friend, love, whatever, family relationships, they reinforce that feeling. And so it becomes this thing of, well, everybody in my past has done that. So I've done this because of that. When they start to get to do this, whereas sometimes it's people-pleasing. Sometimes it's constantly like not getting to know themselves and they feel like they have to change themselves. So for instance, when they're with this friend group, they're this way. When they're with another friend group, they're another way. And people are saying, well, who are you really? And they're like, they don't know. Like deer in the head, like blank stare. Like, well, I'm this person and you know, different things like that. Any perceived slight or um, misjudgment on t- towards them immediately puts them back almost like a childhood like two-year-old status and it's like then they they go into themselves but then they come out fighting okay because that's how they put the barrier up to say you are never going to hurt me because I've been hurt already um and even in love relationships sometimes it's either like they completely push people away so they're consistently single although they really do want someone or Mm. the flip side is they become codependent and so they can never be without a relationship so it's like one relationship gets really bad. They know they need to leave, but they will not leave until the next person has arrived. And it'll be immediately like, there's no dating. It's like, okay, we just not live together. And, you know, and it's just like, didn't you just move out of this person's house last week? And now here's, you left Friday, you moved in with this person Saturday and, oh, I love you. You're mm. never giving yourself a break. You're never giving yourself the opportunity to heal from one relationship because the fear of being alone is so intense that they will just do whatever it takes to move forward. One of the things that you hit on, which is key, is, well, it took my mind somewhere in terms of past relationships. One of the things that I noticed with a lot of women is daddy issues. Can be. And how that plays a role in how they choose to navigate their relationships with other men. For instance, if a woman has daddy issues, meaning her dad might may not have been present in her life or may have not been the most loving father, a lot of times it either goes one of two ways. She has a lack of trust with any man mm-hmm. and she has a steel gate around her heart. Or it goes to the other side to where she looks for a man to replace what she didn't have with her father. So have you seen instances like that? I will. Um, I definitely have. I've actually seen it on both. And I want to I want to add a little. just about and to women. ask, is yes. there such thing as mommy issues? Oh, with a absolutely. Sir. I was seriously just about to ask what? that. Oh. And how does that look? With mommy issues? Yeah, because as a man, I probably don't even see it even if i had i don't know it so yeah okay so with mommy issues and i want to so it can go back with either parent and it can be whether the parent was absent or in the home because people a lot of times the people think oh well you got one parent gone and that's the one you really miss you can miss the person and they are in the room next to you mm-hmm. okay um because it's just about emotionally being emotionally unavailable and that's the issue 
Um, but dealing with the mommy issue thing, yes, it can look like, okay, little boys when they're born, right? The first person they really date is their mom. Mm, Just like with little girls, the first person they date is their dad, right? And so how do you form that relationship and how you feel as a priority? So for instance, if your mother only talks to you when you're getting in trouble, that's the only time you matter. You can be a good kid, you can, you know, follow the rules, you can do everything you need, and you're like, mommy, I got an A in school. Oh, that's great. Now I got to go cook. Let me go clean. Mm. You're like relegated to the insignificant zone in your emotions and feelings. And so then it becomes this thing where it builds up, and it's just like, well, every time you want to go to your mother for comfort or even try to spend time with her, for instance, your mom could be a great cook, right? But the thing is, don't come in my kitchen. I don't have time for that. So then it becomes this thing of you may develop this thing of looking at women as your means to an end. This is all you're supposed to do. You're supposed to cook clean and just, you know, wash the clothes or whatever. Or um, I don't have time for you when a woman wants your time growing up. You know, if you get into a relationship and you don't know how to bond and become very intimate with that woman, meaning, and this is, I'm not even talking about sex. What I'm talking about is into me see. She's trying to get to know you, really understand you, the things you like and stuff like that. You can't relate because it's like, why you want to know? Why you want to know? Can I stop for stop for one minute? Absolutely, that was deep. Like I really understand. Like I didn't know where he was going with it, and then mm-hmm. it just all fit together. Like because your mom only talked to you when you did something wrong because Correct. she was doing everything else in the house. Mm-hmm. As you get older and start dating. You just only thing you understand is that's what a woman's supposed to do. Man, that was mm-hmm. ooh. Right. Was, and we don't need to talk. Yeah, that was right. And that's the thing. Why, why you want to talk? Why you want to you know, you come there and it's like almost like an exchange of goods and services. You get your needs met and then I'm gone. You get what I'm saying? Mm. Um, you know, and it, even or or the flip side is a man who does not have the woman's abject attention on everything that he does is you know, almost like you know, a two year old always wanna hold hands, right? Always mm. wanna hold hands. And so when the two-year-old wants to hold hands and they're feeling rejected, it's like, or just like, let me, give me one minute to myself and then I'll be there. There's this whole level of rejection that the person feels. And it's just like, oh, she don't want me. So then I'm going to go out and give another woman, which could lead to the multiple woman thing. And, you know, okay, I'm going to have this main one. Then I'm going to have a side chick. Mm. Because when the main one can't give me what I need, then the side I chick, and here's else. another one, here's another one, here's another one. Right. They always need this external validation and So that void is always filled. It's never feel really because that's why they keep going to person to person to person to person to person. Do you get what I'm saying? Because oh, if it was really feel, they could feel it themselves and understand going back to what Ernest was talking about with letting go, managing the level of expectation and humanizing the person because that just may be only thing that they could give. And that's how they showed they loved you. But it was not necessarily in the way that you could receive it because then we get into the talk about love languages. So. Yeah. But one of the biggest, and I, I may be going off topic for a minute, but you just mentioned about finding yourself. Yeah, that's one of the hardest things to do. It is the hardest thing to do. Finding yourself. Yeah. And I'm standing right here in front of myself. Yeah. I, I, that's tough. It is. Why it, do you think it is though? Why do you think it's hard for people to find themselves and know themselves? Because after, just say, all of a sudden in your 30s, you're trying to find yourself. That's 30 years of not knowing yourself. So. How do you go back 30 years when you should have known yourself maybe 20 years ago? So I, I guess it's kind of like that timeline. As things go farther, like in a bad relationship, the farther you get in a relationship, the harder it is to let go of it, to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. It's like that Band-Aid you got to rip off. That's what I think. I don't know if that's correct, but 
the farther you go without knowing yourself, the harder it is to find yourself. It's hard at any age, but I'll agree. I would definitely agree because herein lies like when I, when I actually have to give an assignment to a client, you have to go, you know, discover who you are. It's like literally these people almost like shrink up on my couch. And I'm like, it sounds horrible. I know, but it's going to be the best experience of your life. If you just acknowledge the fear that you have and everything that's attached to it, but still go with it. That's the thing. Um, because be you like, gotta spend time with yourself. Roadmap, <laughs> <laughs> roadmap nope. in the mirror. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nope. I can give you a mirror. I can give you a mirror, but I can't give. You, I'm not gonna give you a roadmap because if I roadmap it, guess what? I'm living your life. I don't do that because I gotta live my That's own. Right. But see, one of the things is ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. So I think all of us innately know some of the things that we need to address, but we try to put so many layers on top of it so we don't have to deal with it. Right. Because as long as it doesn't exist, it's like I call it the Freddy Krueger syndrome. Mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger, if y'all remember the true concept of the the movie, the horror I'll movie. Try not to. He's scared Nightmare me. Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> He's scared me. Yeah, child. Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the thing was, as long as... Nobody actually called his name or had memories and thoughts of Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. And nobody talked about him. He didn't show up. Mm-hmm. And it's the same concept with fears of things that we are holding on to. As long as we ignore it, it doesn't exist. So that becomes a true fear is if I go marching down this path, I know I'm going to pass by some things that I really need to address. I know I'm going to have to go have that conversation with this person that I know I did wrong or that they did me wrong. I know I'm going to have to fix this relationship with my dad who cheated on my mom's 20 years ago, but I don't want to have that uncomfortable conversation. Mm -hmm. So it takes those types of situations to really get to know yourself. And that's why people are scared to do that. That's why it becomes hard for some people to do that because it's really fear that's holding us back absolutely so how do you find the ones that aren't how do you find those hidden truths that you just don't know are there like yes you're right there are some that you probably blankly know you're hiding from what about the ones you don't even know it's just kind of like it just happens go see a therapist exactly i'm, mm-hmm. I'm not even lying or some people are very introspective you know in general and sometimes they you know they can definitely like question themselves and they'll find different things to discover um, but you do have to, you know, start asking those real questions. And a lot of times we don't want to do that or we don't even know how. I don't want to say we won't, we don't want to, but we don't know how to ask the right questions. So, for instance, going back to Ernest's example, when he started talking in our session and immediately questions start coming, you know, they start coming. And so it's just like, OK, well, I can't bombard him with all these questions because we only got 50 minutes. First of all, where can one clear question give me the biggest bang for my buck? And it was the question that I asked him about his father. And that's when he started talking. And as he started talking, you could tell he was listening to himself speak. Because Because I like to hear myself talk. Really, Ernest. (laughs) 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 But a lot of times people are in my office and they're just giving me a statement. And I'm like. Like an interview, huh? Yeah, they just. Well, no, that's not even like an interview. It's just almost like, yeah, you know, um, my mother used to sex traffic me when I was little. And so such a. Pardon me? Come again? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? It's oh, like, okay. let's pause. Did you just hear what you just said? They just kind of gloss over exactly, it like it's because, normal. Exactly. Or it's just like they've they become so desensitized to their own story that I have to make it 
a sensitive mm. piece. Does that make sense? So I have to pause people like, whoa, let's go back. Did you hear what you just said? And they're like, what, what do you mean? And I'm like, go back and tell me exactly what you just said. And this time I want you to hear yourself say it. And see, let me pause you right sure. there because that kind of takes me into another interesting piece is that, you know, we're talking about moving on and why it's so hard for people to move on. Mm-hmm. When crazy becomes your norm, yes, you don't even realize you're in it. It's like always having a hurricane around you. Yes. And that becomes the normal. So when you step into something outside of that or when somebody else sees what you're going through, mm-hmm. you're like, what do you mean? What what hurricane? What what crazy situation? This is this is just life. So how can you move on from something that to you is normal? Right. And that's the thing. Interesting. You have to have somebody reflect it as, no, this is a lot of dysfunction. And you've done this for a while. How have you been able to maintain? And then people will be like, well, this is what, what? Doesn't everybody do that? No. And that's where the therapy comes in. And or having people in your corner who aren't going to be yes men and yes women. Right. Having people in your corner that are going to blatantly keep it honest with you Mm -hmm. when something is a little bit amiss. Because... Me and Jamie, we know each other well. We've been knowing each other for several years. Long time. And so <laughs> we'll be, yeah, long time. <laughs> and I've had plenty of days that Ernest has been blatantly honest with me. And it had, and trust me, some of the stuff I didn't want to hear, some of the stuff I didn't like to hear, but it was the truth. And I respect that more than him being like, oh man, it's all good, you know, but nah. Um, <laughs> I just thought of one. Seriously, um, <laughs> not to take your shine for a minute, Eve, but you may remember I, I was I was dating this girl, I'll never forget, and um, talking to E about it. He was like, "You know, she she that, that ain't right. You know what you're doing? You know, going on trips with her or whatnot. You might want to just back up. That's not right. That's not cool, pimp. You might want to just you know lead out alone. I ain't want to hear that shit. I was like, no, for what? I'm happy. I'm, I'm loving this. In the end." Exactly what happened, you know. I think I think you told me she sounded a little selfish and self-absorbed, like she was all about herself and mm-hmm. not about like a us thing. So she ended up leaving, doing her own thing, kept coming back, and he was like, "She coming back because she feeds off of you." Now, I ain't listen to her. I ain't gonna lie. He told me though, didn't listen. But you need friends that's gonna put it in your atmosphere, so you know, hey, this is what's going on. I ain't gonna sugarcoat it. I'm still your boy, but I need to let you know. So. I've had times where, you know, people have told me some stuff. But, again, that goes that letting go. It's hard to let mm-hmm. go. Right. It's hard if to you let. don't have people keeping that honest right. with you. Exactly. Right, exactly. At the exactly. end of the day, it's on the individual to do it. But it's always good to have somebody bring it to your attention. Hey, you, you might want to go left instead of going right this time. Yes. Without even asking, though. Like, he has told, brought it up to me. Like, hey, I need to holler at you. That's a real friend to me. Yeah. Now, hey, e, what you think about her? No, like, hey, let, let me holler at you real quick. This, this is going on long enough. I got to speak my mind. And you know Ernest likes to speak, so he, he does. Yeah. Speak. Really? <laughs> <laughs> but Jamie, here's here's something good for you though, because in that whole process, a lot of people would shut down and start hiding, not saying anything. Mm. You, you mean didn't. as far as trying to be rece- or when you're re- receiving information? Like no, he's that? just stopped telling. Him. I'm oh, not dealing yeah, with her yeah. anymore. You gotcha. know what I'm saying? He wouldn't bring her up. I'm not dealing with her. He wouldn't mm-hmm. say anything because. So you start lying, basically. You see what I'm saying? You know, you by omission. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so because you have been so forthcoming, you know, whether it's been solicited or not, you know, because you have a care and concern for your friend, mm-hmm. first of all, um, some people can't receive that. 
And so they'll start saying, well, or they'll minimize like, oh, yeah, she called me. But, you know, I ain't entertaining that mess knowing yeah. she just left the house this morning. <laughs> so, so the bad thing about E and all my other homies, but since E here, I'm going to just harp on him. The bad thing about that, E has this little third sense called bullshit meter. <laughs> so, yes. so, uh, it's kind of hard to lie to that boy tell us something yeah. like that. Because so. I got this saying, don't bullshit the homies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because the real. homies already know the truth because right. we know each other so well. And some people will still do it. And guess what? You be sitting there like everybody be looking around the table like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah we, we, we know. You know we, we know, know. <laughs> even though you don't want to say it. But you were still talking. So good job, Jamie. Gold star for you. Oh, thank you. I'm going to have to put that on the board today. Gold mm-hmm. star. Well, that's yes. all right. I'll tell you what else, too. Um, one thing that has helped me see some revelations, because that's a part of moving on, is mm-hmm. actually seeing the revelations and then adjusting to it. I have a lot of vivid dreams. A yes, lot of very vivid dreams. And I've talked to you about mm-hmm. a lot of them, Darnita, when we were in our therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. But I actually write down my dreams when it's something that, that moves me. And then I go back to them. It may be, you know, a couple years later, a couple months later. And I see how that dream in some way has transpired in my actual life. And just having those revelations from being able to write it down, read it. It puts things in a different lens, a different light to where, oh, now this makes sense now that I can see the words in front of me and really evaluate it. So that's one thing that has helped me move on from a lot of things that I had been holding on to in the past is just Mm -hmm. really writing in a sense. You know, I write down my dreams, but I also write down a lot of my, my thoughts. Well, yeah, because even, you know, that's my consistent assignment with everybody I work with is journaling. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, though, with you, you are like you are like my unicorn <laughs> when it when talking about journaling, because I mean, I was like, did he just write a whole book? I mean, because we would sit there and go through the stuff and I'm like, wait, what? You know, and it's just like, I mean, just first of all, words leap from the page for me anyway. And that's how I kind of see when people start talking. I kind of it kind of gives like me a, a visual sense. Mind. Yeah. You know, I, I'm telling you, I got those tendencies. Um, but at the same time, though, you were able to get a lot of things out that helped you kind of rationalize, but then also start your own treatment plan. Because you have to for me, I wanted to get better. You yeah, know, it's you like anything else. You know, if you're want to lose weight you have Mm -hmm. to want to do it for yourself if you want to save money you have to want to do it for yourself and then Mm -hmm. that makes obtaining the goal reaching the goal that much easier yeah so for me i didn't even look at it as homework per se as you as you like to call it it Mm -hmm. was an assignment but for me it was like i can't wait to write i can't wait to get back to our next session so i can tell her the revelations that i had Mm -hmm. so in order to move on you have to want to move on you have to want to get better because if you don't there is gonna be no progress and that's it that's it and that's another thing please don't walk up in the therapy sessions thinking that your therapist is gonna do your whole work because i'm telling you right now i'm not and i tell people up front i'm not so let that go okay as we talk about moving on (laughs) (laughs) so it's kind of like even when you be talking to us about working out you're like you're saying you only hurt yourself by not putting the work in exactly you can't make the muscle or the weight loss come you have to put the work in with the instructions you give us to you know get the results we're trying to get exactly exactly the perfect tool is useless if it's never used 
I can give anybody all the advice in the world and all the workouts in the world about how to lose weight. But if you're not taking it upon yourself to do the homework on your own, i.e. working out when I'm not training you, eating right when nobody's looking, Mm -hmm. you know, because those are the things that matter. It's what you do when nobody's looking. If you don't do that, then... You know, it's going to be uh, fruitless to make it. I mean, you can give somebody perfect directions on how to get from here to Raleigh. If they don't follow your directions, they're going to end up getting lost. Mm-hmm. Who's to blame? Yeah. <laughs> so with that, just another question for you, Ms. Darnita. Sure. When, what do you say is like the time? When it, When is it time to move on? And how do you actually know? When you start thinking about moving on, it may be that time. Honestly, um, whatever situation you're in or you're dealing with, when you've had enough, you've had enough. And it's just like, okay, I got to do something different because uh, this is just the the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, trying to get different results. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when you start trying to literally try to recreate the wheel the same way, you know it. And it's, it's, it's at a point where you become you can't even. You can't get any peace. It's just like it's always there. That's when you know it's time to let go. When you start asking, when you initially ask that question, there's some part of you that says, mm, this is not right for me. But as you go forward and you kind of deny it or sweep it under the rug or ignore it, it still keeps coming back. You're getting closer to knowing fully well that it is time to let go. So I'll give you an example of how I knew that there were some things that I was holding on to that I needed to let go of. When I saw a lot of my relationships with women taking the same pattern, Mm -hmm. meet a woman, start having a good time, honeymoon phase, wears off, leave. And that went on for a good three relationships. And after the third one, which was my longest relationship, even though it's still to that same pattern, after that one ended, I said, okay, it's probably something wrong with me because everything, all these relationships are taking the same turn mm-hmm. and there's one common denominator in all three of those relationships, me. Let's start working on me to realize why this is happening. Right. That's how I knew. You have to pay attention to yourself. You yeah. have to be in tune with yourself. You have to be unafraid to be critical of yourself and give yourself that honest evaluation. All right, what's what's going on with E? What, what are you doing wrong here, sir? You know, right. I, I literally would have this talk with myself in the mirror. All right, what, what's going on with you, sir? What? Why is this going on? Because I didn't want the same behavior to continue into future relationships. You know, I'm only 33. Rub it in, E. Rub it in. 33. Oh, I got you. Hey, her dog holler. <laughs> I was about to say, because you just yelled with that one. He told me to speak up, so. 30, 33. All right, somebody need to let go that they about to be 37. Yeah, go, let's move on from that. Here's a perspective. Some people didn't make it. Mm, that's, that's true. Yeah. That's yeah. A lot of people didn't make it, and they would love to switch mm-hmm. shoes with you. Dang, Donnie, you got to be so deep to hit me where I hurt. You right, I'm though. I'm just you saying. Right. You right. Yeah, Feel it in the chest. Mm. Yeah, say it with your chest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we talked about some of the tools that we can use to help 
us move on. You know, we talked about having honest friends in your corner. We talked about therapy. being honest with yourself. We talked about therapy. Yeah. Don't need all that. Anything, any other tools professionally that you would recommend? Oh, yeah. Um, I get motivation by reading other stories. So mm-hmm. the one that I always give to somebody who is trying to discover themselves but also letting go at the same time is two books. Um, one is Shonda Rhimes, The Year of Yes. Um, because everybody thinks that, you know, Shonda got it going on because it's Shonda Land on ABC on Thursday nights. Yes, because I am a faithful Grey's Anatomy person. However, Shonda was like hidden. She wouldn't do anything. She would write. She lived in her, her dream states of all her shows. She interacted with other people and she raised her children. Anything out of that, she was just like, no, 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 no. Um, if you read her book, you'll understand where she came from. Um, and how she got challenged by her oldest sister on while she was preparing Thanksgiving dinner. And she said that she was called and asked to do the commencement um, speech for some like Ivy League school. And she said, yeah, I said no. And her sister was like, you always say no. What's different? And she was like, no, I don't. I never say no. She was like, oh, you always say no. And she ran down a list of things where she was asked and her sister told her, you said no to this. You said no to this. She said no to this. During that time, she was like, that was the realest conversation she ever had. And that is also when she started saying yes. She said yes to herself. That's that year she lost 100 pounds. Mm. Um, That book is amazing. But then also when you're really trying to get out of that rut of just doing the same thing day in and day out, you know, getting bored with your life and doing the what we should be doing and versus what we really desire to do. And sometimes we don't even know. There's a book called The Dream Giver, and it's by Bruce Wilkinson. And it's the story or it's the story of ordinary. He lives in the land of familiar. Um, and he does the same thing. I don't know, y'all not old enough probably to remember this commercial, but Jamie might be. Ooh, Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> the Dunkin' Donuts guy, when he's be like, gotta make come, the donuts. Come take the knife out, my boy. I made the donuts. It's all right, Jamie. I got you back. Thank you. I okay. appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, <laughs> <laughs> got you back over here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but when you start doing that, you get so bored, and it's the same thing all the time. Well, he did the same thing. And this one morning, though, he had a dream, and he was like, oh my goodness, the dream giver uh, visited me. Um, and he saw a plume in his uh, window. And he was so excited. And it goes and tell his story about how he told his family and everything else and how the journey is some of the roughest journeys to find your purpose and your dream. However, if you don't give up, the reward is exponentially. And where you think your destination lies is not necessarily where it is. It actually could take you in another direction. You had no clue. That sounds like. It sounds a lot the like the alchemist. Yeah, we talked. Yeah, we about talked this about this on yeah. the previous podcast. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. That's right. Yeah. So those are two books, absolutely. But then also journaling. I'm telling you, journaling can change your life. If you get those things out, those 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 things you feel like you can't talk to people about, and you put them on the page, and you go back and you look at that. Sometimes you really get truthful and honest with yourself, and that's sometimes the first time people take that jump into abject and true honesty with themselves. So I love journaling. So I'm a huge proponent of it. I've been doing it for mm, probably about five years, but more consistently over the last year or so. Mm-hmm. And it does work. It mm-hmm. does work because it gives you an objective lens to look through. Yeah. Because it's your thoughts. You know, hopefully you don't have anyone else peeking through your journal and all that but it's your thoughts so you can write whatever it is that is on your mind and just be honest with yourself 
Absolutely. Because if you can't be honest with yourself, how can you be honest with anybody? And going back to, you know, some people have that fear of, well, if I leave it around or even if I leave it in my room, somebody's going to be so nosy. No, they have journal apps where you can actually put locks on the app that's different from your passwords to your phone. Just in case there is that, you know, that fear. You don't have to expose your secrets and your innermost thoughts. You just expose them to yourself, but you can put it on your phone. Hmm. Interesting. What's the uh, name of that app for those? It's several, and I don't have one because okay. I am that person who got to write it out. I have got me to. Too. You know what I'm saying? To me, first of all, that that gives me my quality time with myself and takes me off the you know electronics and everything else. And so I can get down to the way I grew up. You know what I'm saying? I There was no internet. I mean, the computer was kind of invented when I was like, you know, an actual desktop. I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? So all this social media and electronic stuff didn't exist. I go back to, you know, the old days, you might mm-hmm. as well say, and I just get down to pen and paper. It always works. Yeah. Jay, you got any thoughts you want to close us out with? I will say that moving on moving on to any situation can be very good if you do. I think the feelings you have afterward is like a breath of fresh air sometimes. Mm-hmm. You just get to finally breathe. So I would say if it's something you're holding on to or you, you think you're holding on to, you know you're holding on to, take some of Miss Darnita's points and topics here and definitely listen to it. I know I will. You see, I'm already trying to do my thing over here being on time. So definitely, <laughs> definitely listen to it. And, you know, we, like I said, we try to give these words out to help encourage people. And just remember that, you know, just because you're holding on to it don't mean you can't let go of it. Right. Oh, man, that I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. So, Darnita, for mm-hmm. those who would like to get in contact with you professionally. Sure. Because I know you don't want everybody just bleeding their heart to you just on a random. So, professionally, how can folks <laughs> how can folks get in contact with you? Sure. They can call me. Um, well, actually, they can look me up on the Internet. My website is DarnitaSamuels.com. D is in Deborah. A-R-N is in Nancy. I-T is in Tom. A. S is in Sam, A, M is in Mary, U, E, L is in Larry, S is in Sam.com. And then they can also call me, 919-807-1692. All right, no doubt. Well, there you have it, Miss Darnita Samuels. For those who are looking for some counseling to help you move on from any things that you may be holding on to, she just dropped the information for you. So please be sure to put it to good use. As always, we appreciate you coming through, shouting Thank us you out, so and much. showing us love and blessing us with your presence. Absolutely. Yes. I always, yes. uh, you know, appreciate the invite anytime. And just to let you know, the people that have listened to the sessions she's been on have always told me that that know me like, man, I like hearing the the thoughts from a therapist side of things. Oh, wow. You know, Thank so, you. You know, because I think one time somebody was like, oh, she was really cool. I love her voice. You know, and I was like, you know, she's a, like she, coming from a therapist point of view. They didn't know she was a real therapist. <laughs> like, this is her job. This is what she does. Right. So it's like, oh. So, yeah, just to let y'all know she is certified. She is real. So mm-hmm. Ernest is going to don't be sitting on random people couches. He does. <laughs> <laughs> so as always, this is Mr. No Excuses and my man Jay signing out with another episode of the Hidden Truths Podcast. If you would ever like to be a guest on the show, feel free to look us up. Shout us a DM on IG or Facebook. We're on there, Hidden Truths Podcast. Or you can send us an email, Podcast at gmail.com. We always love to hear your thoughts and feedback. And if you have any suggestions for any topics, we'd love to hear those too. As always, kings and queens, stay up. We out.